1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am not Marcus Grant. You're not? No. I am uh, Michael Fabiano here with Graham Barfield. Marcus, not with us today, so we will do our best to make up for his absence. Yeah, Marcus and uh, his
2: girlfriend are, are kind of in holding pattern waiting to have a kid. It's a I very know. exciting time. Yeah.
1: Uh, send Marcus your well wishes. Yeah, so obviously we wish Marcus uh, and his uh, misses the best and... Uh, Hopefully we'll have some some very good news. I'm very excited. soon, maybe on the uh, next podcast. I think I'm very. I think I'm more excited than Marcus is.
2: <laughs> well, that, that, that's a little weird, no, Graham. I'm joking. That, that's a little strange. I'm joking. <laughs> Marcus
1: is just not the type to get excited about a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> no, I exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless it's like USC or the Dodgers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something to that. Effect.
3: Uh, Kent Brown with us today. Uh, behind the glass, Ken. How are you? I'm doing well. And yeah, you mentioned him with USC. I don't think there's a lot to be excited for with USC. No. So he needs that. to put all the focus into the kit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, uh, WrestleMania's coming up, buddy. Oh, yeah.
3: Right? I'm a Absolutely. big wrestling fan.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you
3: going? No, I can't go. I'm not I, going. My days Europe.
1: of going to WrestleMania are over, man. I got a kid to deal with. and.
3: Uh, you know when it's in, when it's if it's in local, L.A. If it's local, I'll yeah. go,
1: but like, I can't. Like, It's in New York. I'm going to go to New
3: York. Exactly, I yeah. I can't do that. My
1: girlfriend, my girlfriend will kill me.
3: It should be a good card, but overall, I'm not going to make the trip out to New York either.
1: I can't wait to see Miz beat the snot out of Shane McMahon.
3: It's going to happen. It better happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen.
1: All right, guys, let's get to the news. Let's do the news. Well, unless you've been living under a rock, um, you, you know that Rob Gronkowski has, is it officially retired? Because then you hear all these reports that he might come back. So... At this point, Rob Gronkowski has retired from the National Football League. Uh, And, Graham, he was arguably the best fantasy tight end of all time. Going to be hard to replace.
2: I I mean, I think he's retired. I I think we've kind of been waiting on this for so many years now. I mean, with with his back and knee and arm problems. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we've all kind of been waiting on the inevitability that he would just kind of hit a wall. It kind of seems like he's maybe already having second thoughts. And if it turns August and he's like kind of getting the itch, it kind of sounds like he'll come back. But yeah, uh, Gronk is the best tight end of all time. I think it's kind of been crazy and ridiculous. Like people feel like they haven't have to have no, they have to have a contrarian opinion, um, even though it's of wrong. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronk <laughs> is the best tight end of all time, and he is a surefire first ballot healthy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you could throw the names out there: Shannon Sharp, yeah. uh, Tony Gonzalez. We're a fantasy show. No tight end in the history of the league who's played in at least 65 games has averaged more PPR points than nope. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, the dude was a touchdown machine, and nope. he was he was entertainment too, man. Those Gronk spikes, you had to love it. No tight end has ever averaged more yards per game or touchdowns
2: per game or yards per target, and Gronkowski at his best was probably one of the best run-blocking tight ends yep. in, the NFL, in NFL history. Seriously. Couldn't cover him.
1: Red zone machine.
2: And he was a great blocker. I mean, that's why – I mean, that Chargers game – in the playoffs was so it was just a classic Gronk game because I mean he didn't have a huge receiving game obviously but Uh he was so so good and so effective in their in their running game it was a huge part of what they did Patriots are going to miss him obviously and And, I mean even even a shell of Gronkowski like we had kind of in the playoffs in this past
1: year they'll still miss that you're not buying into Matt Lacoste I guess (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) well you know what Gronkowski's uh He's retired at this point. We'll see if that changes uh, as we get through the off season. But absolutely, first ballot Hall of Famer, the best tight end in fantasy football history, and uh, he goes out on top too. Goes out on top with a yeah. Super Bowl championship. I Another think, one.
2: I I, I I guess it's kind of a quasi on top because he kind of took his time to to say he was retiring. But sure, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I can't I can't wait to see him wrestle. Oh. Ken, you know that's coming. He's going
3: to wrestle. Oh, I was surprised he wasn't at Raw on Monday. It was in Boston. I thought he just retired. Right. He's going to show up and be on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he'll probably be at WrestleMania in some You would think time. so. You he's already so. been there before, so yeah. why not do it again? He is
1: that-
2: 100% getting into acting, too. Oh,
1: dude, like there's going to be a reality TV show. You know, I mean, the, this guy, uh, he, he's he's made a lot of money. He's going to make a lot more money he's outside set. of the game of professional football. Now, we talk about the Patriots, and you lose a huge red zone threat in Rob Gronkowski, despite what his numbers look like in 2018. You know, uh, the Patriots, they're, they're right now, they're in a bit of a hole in terms of pass catchers, Graham. It is, they are, but, I mean, at the
2: same time, Brady and all of them managed last year without Gronkowski mm-hmm. for most of the year. Um, Edelman is going to be another year old, but, I mean, he's going to get peppered with targets again. But I sure. moved
3: him
1: up.
2: Absolutely. They, they have got to... I will be surprised if they don't come out of the draft with at least one tight end. And they have, I believe, six top 100 picks. So they're mm-hmm. going to be well in range to target Fant, target Hawkinson, target Irv Smith from Alabama.
1: No, imagine. Imagine if they got one of the top three tight ends. Like, suddenly everyone in the fantasy football world would be like, sleeper, Fant, sleeper, Hawkinson. I mean, and, and our Lance Zerline has compared Hawkinson to Travis Kelsey. Giddy up. Yeah. So. I mean, they were apparently in
2: on the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, which I can believe now, especially since they, Bill Belichick probably knew Gronk. This would be Gronk's last ride. I can't, I
1: can't believe that the Steelers would do that,
2: though. Yeah, they, that was never going to happen for that reason. Yeah, I know. They were never yeah, going to trade him to the AFC. Yep. Um, But yeah, the Patriots are in a bit of a bind right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see James White and, and Julian Edelman get, get their fair share of targets, and Brady will just they'll just plod along like they always do. But um, yeah, this definitely takes a huge explosive vertical element out of their passing offense. Cause even when Gronkowski is like I've mentioned, he's, he was a shell of himself last year. Yep. He's still fantastic.
1: I mean, right now you're looking at Philip Dorsett as their number two, uh, Maurice Harris as their three yeah. at the wide receiver position. And, uh, and I mentioned uh, Matty Lacosse Lacoste uh, now would be projected to have the most fantasy value among Patriots tight ends. We'll see what happens there. But um yeah, the Patriots. You would expect them to do a little bit of something uh, in I wonder, the draft. I wonder if they'll kick the tires on Jimmy Graham. Well,
2: I mean he's available, and yeah. he's. He, I mean, he's gonna be. He'll be signed on a one year deal. There's a. There's a chance because Graham has had basically, essentially, no free agency buzz whatsoever. Um, he's still sitting out there. I mean, I wonder if they'll go after him. But yeah, it, it's. They're gonna be very thin. They're gonna roll into this year and be very thin, regardless.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, is is Graham a free agent though? Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I, Jimmy? I don't think he's a free agent. Is he still on the Packers yep. roster? He's right still now? on the Packers roster. Yep. I thought they'd cut him. That mm-hmm. well, nope. was wrong. Graham is still on the roster. That that's sort of why, uh, and a lot of our guys have the Packers taking a tight end in their mock drafts. That would sort of be a dynasty league situation there too, unless the Packers decide that they do want to cut ties with Jimmy Graham. But yeah, that was my uh, fault. He's still on. He's still on the roster. And um, although you wouldn't know it after what he did or didn't do last season. So with the Patriots now losing Gronkowski, we think you would expect there to be potentially a, a bigger increase in terms of the ground attack with Sony Michelle and James White, who and I've seen a lot of rankings out there. Obviously, Graham and I, we do our own rankings. And if the Patriots don't do something in terms of improving their pass catchers, let's not forget James White was a top 10 PPR running back. I get it. He faded at the end of last season. He could still see a lot of targets and a lot of opportunities in that pass stack if the Patriots don't do a little something-something to improve what they have right now at their pass catcher position, which is uh, Julian Edelman and uh, not much of anything else. That's it. Yeah, That's
2: it. That's all they yep. got right now.
1: Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, tight ends.
2: Jared Cook did sign somewhere. I did get Yes, right.
1: <laughs> with the New Orleans Saints where Jimmy Graham used to play, and Cook was a top 10 tight end last season with the Oakland Raiders, goes to New Orleans where – I mean, Graham had a lot of success, clearly. Since then, you know, not so much. You know, Ben Watson, and eh, kind of. What do you expect from Jared Cook? And is he still a top-10 tight end uh, from a fantasy perspective in New Orleans? Yeah, I don't know why I had in my Jimmy,
2: my Jimmy Graham got cut. That's weird.
1: Anyway. Uh, maybe, maybe you're <laughs> just trying to
2: will that into I the am. world. I guess I am. Yeah, Jared Cook, um, look, he's still Jared Cook. <laughs> he's still a maddeningly frustrating player. Um, he'll be 32 to start. Or, excuse me, yeah, he'll be 32 to start this next year. mm mm-hmm. um, the nice Saints meeting. have the Saints have kind of punted on their tight end position, like you mentioned. Since Jimmy Graham left, they have not had an impact receiver. I think Jimmy. I, I. I mean, I think Jared Cook can come in and catch fifty-five balls. But am I super excited for him as like a top twelve fantasy tight end? There, it's just it's still Jared Cook. Right. Michael Thomas is going to get his fair share. Yeah. Alvin Kamara is going to get his fair share. I say
1: he's he's sort of a back end tight end yeah. one because of the offense, because he's catching passes from Drew Brees. But let's not forget, he became the number one option in Oakland last year for Derek Carr. Right, they traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys. Jordy Nelson, uh, who who is retired now, uh, it, it was a shell of his former self. They didn't have much of anything. Martavis Bryant was in trouble again. So, you've got a situation there where you know Cook was going from being the top option to being three, four, maybe yeah. in New Orleans because you've got Alvin Kamara there as well. So, who uh, who catches seventy-eight yeah, passes
2: a season? As we know, it's two fabs. The Saints always love to rotate their receivers too. So yep. it's not like Cook is going to have necessarily a like. Locked in role in their passing offense every single week, so
1: perfect tie-in here to our next topic, Saints. The NFL owners decided to pass the new PI rule. Uh, what's the fantasy impact here? I think it's negligible, right? Me but, too. But it's still
2: like obvious. I mean, I, this is one of those things that they just couldn't mess up. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that this needed to happen, right? I mean, yeah, like, dude. This, after
1: I mean, that was a disaster.
2: This should have happened four or five years ago, though. Like all plays mm-hmm. should have been reviewable, especially like pretty obvious. P, non-PI calls um, right yeah obviously great to see um, well they can also throw a ch-
1: red flag if they believe there was a PI that wasn't called right and if there was a PI that was called
3: so. and correct All and yeah. they don't agree now. with
1: it then they could throw the flag
3: right I don't like the new rule I, really I don't like being able to challenge non-calls to me you can call pass interference on almost every play so I don't know if- would you
1: be thinking that way if you were a Saints fan yeah, but can't, can't – <laughs> ultimately,
3: ultimately, yes, because you can't just look at one play and make a rule change based on that.
2: The problem, the problem though, is um, you still only get two challenges. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's not like you're going to be sitting there throwing a red flag on every
1: ticky-tacky goal. it's obvious. And then everybody on social media is like, oh, the game's going to get longer, really? So not really. Come on, dude. The game's already even incredibly if, long. I know. Even if it gets a little bit longer, you're gonna turn the channel? Hell no.
2: No, people say it's the this National every, Football League. People say this every single year, and they end up watching the same four-hour games that we all do. Yeah. I
3: just feel like they miss so many calls with replay, anyways. That to me, less replay the better. I'm kind of one of those people. The more replay, I, if they were 90% accurate with these, I would be fine with it. But they're like 50-50 so, anyway. So
2: so you're not a big fan of the final 30 seconds of college basketball games?
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs>
1: Moving on, uh, Philip Lindsay, who had wrist surgery, uh right now there's a report that he won't be ready for OTA, should be ready for training camp. Let me ask you a question, Graham. Mm-hmm. Everyone including myself was on the Royce Freeman bandwagon at the beginning of last season. Okay. Lindsay comes in and his yards per carry was ridiculous, uh insane playmaker, caught around thirty five balls out of the backfield, really became maybe the best waiver wire pickup in fantasy football last season. And we're all high on him now. Is there any possibility that this is the Royce Freeman year? <laughs> we, we, we don't see it. Now we're all on the Lindsey bandwagon. Is this potentially the year that Royce Freeman comes in and puts a little dent into those touches, especially with uh, with Lindsey expected to miss some time in the offseason?
2: I hope not because Philip Lindsey has the type of running style and the type of. He's just the type of player like you just don't want to take off the field. And Joe Flacco. Agreed. Joe Flacco loves dumping off to his running backs. Um, over the last three years, Flacco's a targeted his running backs at a 24 percent clip that's the fourth highest rate behind breeze tom brady and mitch trubisky um flacco at this point in his career can't really throw deep he's shaky in the intermediate areas and he can only dump off so if philip Lindsay is healthy i want him on all of my ppr fantasy leagues this year but yeah this lingering wrist issue i mean obviously it sounds very very serious for a broken bone to require this level of uh-huh. you know this level of maintenance and and um yeah, just got to hope he gets back in, in time for August. As, as long as he's there for training camp and he's healthy for
1: August. Then we're good. We're all in. We're all good. We're all in. Yesterday did a mock draft live with uh, Cole Wright and the guys, and we were talking about Peter Schrager's mock draft, and he had Dwayne Haskins going into the Broncos at number 10. I, I And I get it. You know, it would be more of a Dynasty League ad because Joe Flacco is going to be the starter in 2019 as long as he's healthy and the Broncos are competitive. But think about Haskins with that big arm. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Lindsey. Whoo! That 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 could be a fantasy-friendly offense if that happens.
2: I'm just not convinced John Elway knows how to scout quarterback. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was a great quarterback, but he's shown Mike Francesa seems to... to
1: think that he's great.
2: Yeah, I don't know. By LeBron, the way, but... LeBron James is this type of player too. Like he's he's an incredible athlete, but he, every time he recruits a player, it's like. Eh.
1: So, so, but I, I love Mike Francesa. Okay, you, <laughs> yeah. I, I love him. Yeah. But last week, Evan Silva got mentioned. On Francesca's show, and I believe it twice. And, and Francesca called him Evan Silver because Francesca puts an R at the end of every word that ends in a vowel. Um, so Evan, and and I've been I've been texting with him and, and, and tweeting with him. Hashtag Legend. I love to get on Francesca's show. I can't get on there, and Evan Silver's on there, man. You I think it was that's on, great for the you, fantasy community.
3: You can get on
1: there. I, I it like not You know what? I got so, and, and I'm gonna name drop. Fine, whatever. But you know, Jim Nance is a really good friend of mine. He's really close to Francesca. And even Jim. And Francesa played in fantasy leagues that I was in years ago, although it wasn't him running the team. I think it was I think it was maybe uh, Rich Ackerman or Mark Malusis that was running Francesa's team, and Dog was in the league too. But even then, with Jim telling Mike, hey, let him on the show and talk, Francesa would have nothing to do with it, nothing. The only time that I was ever on Francesa's show was to talk about, and I can't remember the guy's name, it was a Las Vegas Singer slash, uh, he he was he was an entertainer who had passed away, and I was at one of his final shows, and I got on talking about that. Not even fantasy football. That was it, and I'll tell you, that was one of the most nervous I had ever been. And I've been, you know, on air and on TV for like ever. I was nervous calling in live to Francis's
3: show because that that was like the
1: show that I grew up with, Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, it was and, great, dude. It
3: was awesome. And you never know what you're gonna get out of him too. He I know. Just might be in full. Hyper mode and yeah. not want any part of you for that whole interview, and then you're, you're you're done. As much
1: as I love him, what is it? Funhouse on Twitter, dude. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Moving on. uh Jameis Winston wants to play at 250 pounds in 2019. Now we're not talking about him uh, becoming the next uh, Jared Lorenz. You remember him? Oh, of course. Big dude. Yeah. yeah. The hefty lefty. Yeah. But uh, Winston at 250 and. Winston's going to end up being one of those players that a lot of us in the fantasy industry are going to be targeting late, because Bruce Arians' factor, offensive-minded coach, uh, and and if you put Fitzpatrick, who is now in Miami, and Jameis Winston's numbers together last year, you're looking at one of the one of the two or three best quarterbacks in fantasy football. So, what do you think of Winston uh, wanting to play at two fifty? And what do you think for his uh, about his fantasy perspective for 2019?
2: Uh, I'm now pulling up his weight on Google. <laughs> So he's two twenty. He's listed at two twenty seven now. He wants to put on twenty five pounds for what reason?
1: I don't know. That's right. what he wants to play at two fifty. Man, I, I I have no idea.
2: I mean, he does live in Florida, and there's a lot of good soul food, especially in Tampa, <laughs> good barbecue. So maybe he could do it, but I don't see the point.
3: And crab, <laughs> and, and, and we know he likes crab legs, but those oh, don't add the weight. Oh come on! Hey, I'm a yeah. Miami crab. I gotta I got <laughs> I, I gotta take shots at Jameis when I can get
2: him. Oh man, I, I thought I thought we'd blown past that for years. So he's
1: his so his uh, quote is, "I'm gonna." play bigger this year uh he was at bruce arian's charity golf tournament in arizona a solid 250 it's just about hydration and being at the peak body too 250 well, that's a big boy yeah play quarterback at 6 four gonna be five. i mean that's gonna be hard to tackle him that's for sure it's i can be-
3: give him like 20 of mine if he wants them we Dude. can make this a very quick trade <laughs> i'll
1: give him about eight to ten of mine as well man uh lastly now this one so We're all going to be sort of looking at what the Rams do uh, in the draft and the rest of the offseason because there's so many questions about Todd Gurley and that that knee, uh, and we've heard reports that it's uh, arthritic. Uh, They matched the Lions' offer to Malcolm Brown, so Brown will remain in Los Angeles. And it looks like, and I haven't talked to CJ lately, but it looks like the Rams are going to pass on him and bringing him back. So if that happens, I guess that would be a good thing for Gurley's fantasy value. The Rams obviously need some depth behind him. But Peter Schrager, who again we focused on his mock draft uh, on uh, mock draft live yesterday, had the Rams taking Miles Sanders at number thirty-one overall. If the Rams draft a running back, Graham, is that going to absolutely freak you out when it's time for you to draft in their first round and girlie staring at you? I don't think
2: that they'll take a running back in their first round.
1: And I didn't think so either. I thought that was a little nuts, but and I said it. I said so, but they. They still have a ton of cash left on
2: Gurley's deal, a ton Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. cash, at least for this year. Uh, Yeah. They are going to go into 2019 with Todd Gurley as their future back, regardless of his need, because they have to, I mean, they've put so they have such a massive sunk cost into that contract. Uh, They don't really have another option. Um, It has been a little bit of surprise to see literally zero buzz around CJ Anderson. Um, I mean, he. I think CJ surprised too. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll resurface at some point during the summer. Um, obviously, there were questions, you know, kind of swirling about some of his conditioning problems when he was originally coming back into the NFL with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could have laid over, but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he has not gotten any, basically, any interest or any offers. That said, though, um, yeah, them matching Malcolm Brown's offer and basically being immobile um, to. F- the rest of the free agency uh, running backs is very good sign for girlies. Yeah, it is for Gurley's knee at least for this year long term I have major major questions yep. um, and I, I would be very concerned as a Todd Gurley dynasty owner but for this year I still think we can kind of peg him as like a top five or six back but yep. I'm, we're, we're, I mean we're all gonna be walking on eggshells until, no until we see him be, be that same explosive player again maybe it's week one maybe it's week four maybe it's never again um, until then we'll be We'll be hoping Gurley is right.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll be reviewing my first mock draft, Five Rounder, which will be on NFL.com later on today. And uh, we'll let you know where I have Gurley and if Graham agrees or disagrees with where I am putting him. And, Kent, that's the news. Well, that was the news. So with the... Rob Gronkowski retirement news Uh, I thought that uh, Graham and I should go in and talk about some of the tight ends that we see that are going to be on the rise in 2019 and I get it we all had an unbelievably difficult time trying to fill that position unless you had Kelsey or Zach Ertz or or George Kittle last season it it was tough Eric Ebron was also fantastic but I would contend that the tight end position is going to start to rise back Okay, And I said this with the running back position in the revival a few seasons ago. But I want to talk about the tight ends that we feel could end up being, maybe not elite, but very close to elite in 2019. Now, obviously, Kelsey, Ertz, we're not talking about George Kittle. Those guys were already at the top of their game. One of the players that I expect to break out, and he only didn't break out this past season because he blew out his knee, is Hunter Henry. Oh, yeah. Hunter Henry is a guy I have ranked fourth among tight ends right now. And in an offense that you know you just lose Tyrell Williams to to free agency, Antonio Gates may or may not be back. That's not going to really put a, a dent in Henry's value, but this is a guy here that I could see easily catching 60 passes in that offense.
2: Yeah, Hunter Henry is going to be, I think, once once everyone kind of realized how. How ridiculous his ADP is right now! I don't know if you've looked into too much of like average draft position early, but Ebron is going in like the fifth, sixth, seventh. Ebron's going to
1: be a bust. He's yeah. going to be a bust if you, if you're taking him that and, that high.
2: And then Hunter Henry's going in like the eighth or ninth round. It's insane. And, I mean, we're obviously baking in some touchdown regression with Ebron in that some, fifth, some, yeah, for sure, some. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting a basically similarly upside in terms of upside. You're getting a similarly talented, I think, player. Mm-hmm. Uh like four rounds cheaper and a better offense. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Give me
1: that. I'm all in on him. I'm also all in on O.J. Howard, okay? Targets are going to be available. Deshaun Jackson was traded to Philadelphia. Adam Humphreys went to the Tennessee Titans. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin, who I love, who I loved last year and I love even more now. I mean – we could talk about him on another show, but, oh, dude, I'm digging on him. I'm trying to get him in every draft. I have him in my Dynasty League. Giddy up! But O.J. Howard, and he showed flashes last season, guys. Yeah. Before he went down with the injury, he started to look like he was going to be one of those top five tight ends.
2: The key, the key to targeting these tight ends before they break out is, is I think, in terms of it, looking into their efficiency based on like how they've played on their limited snaps. So over the past three seasons – O.J. Howard is fourth in yards gained per route run behind Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. Hunter. Henry. Good company. Hunter Henry is fifth. Yeah. Behind O.J. Howard, just marginally behind a Hunter Henry. Or excuse me, behind O.J. Howard. Both of those guys are going to be hyped up, especially Henry. Once, like I said, people are going to realize his ADP is insane and start hammering that. Yep. Um, I, I think I might be a little bit priced on O.J. Howard this year, though. I'll be honest, because the Bucks have i mean they've got two fantastic receivers and mike evans and chris godwin mm-hmm. um yes bruce Arians has never had a tight end of oj howard's caliber but still i mean they have two borderline alpha receivers there and i think the bucks will be more competitive this year and if they're throwing less that might mean fewer targets i think howard is probably priced somewhat efficiently mm-hmm. um but again like i come back to that's like would i rather have oj howard in the sixth or target hunter henry in the eighth or ninth and i
1: well, I mean, that's – yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, right now it's just a pricing – it's a pricing problem. Uh, and and Hunter going, you know, behind – and I love O.J. Howard, but behind Howard and Ebron just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Evan Ingram for the New York Giants, we all expect him to see an uptick in targets in 2019 with the departure of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he is in my top six. He's a guy who broke out as a rookie and then last season didn't really start producing on a consistent basis until the end of so, the season. So let's, when go th- got hurt.
2: let's go through it. So you got Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. Mm-hmm. Who's five for
1: you? Howard.
2: Howard. you got Henry Howard. four, yep. And then you've got Ingram at six. At six, yep.
1: Okay. And then I've got Ebron. I just, like... I think you could make a case for Henry over Ebron,
2: too. Like, if if we get a clean... Well, yeah, I have him have, over Ebron. We kind of have a clean bill of health on Henry. I mean, right. he came back in the playoffs, and he wasn't a factor, but he played, um, which is obviously a great sign. I think... I don't know. It'll be interesting. I might, I might end up putting Henry over Howard, too, when it all... When it's, yeah, I
1: have Henry over Howard right now, as yeah. well. And, dude, like... I always talk about it every year. There's guys who have the magical season, right? It's the, se- oh my goodness, this guy was tremendous. He was better than we all thought he was going to be. Ebron will never have a better season than he had from a fantasy perspective last season 14 total touchdowns, yeah. okay? I-, I think that's like third or fourth all time among tight ends in single season touchdowns scored. And I- like Devin Funches is going to come in and take some of the red zone opportunities. And Funches is a guy that that Frank Reich likes. Clearly, um, they brought him in on a one-year prove-it deal, and he's still a young player, a guy who's going to be utilized, I believe, by Andrew Luck uh, and take some of Ebron's targets away. And then you got Jack Doyle back for an entire season. We would expect. I do
2: think, though, the the bit about Doyle is what would concern me about like Ebron not. I mean, obviously, the touchdowns regress. He's yep. not going to score 14, mm-hmm. but he saw 110. Tar- Ebron saw 110 targets last year. Like people, I think people are kind of glossing over that. Doyle underwent another hip surgery this offseason. Mm-hmm. He's going to be limited for OTAs. He's apparently might even be sidelined till training camp. What are the chances that Doyle struggles through injuries again? I oh, know, that's
1: very possible. And
2: we're back looking yeah, at LeBron getting 90 to 110 yep. targets. That's
1: something that you have to keep tabs on. Of, of course, no he's it.
2: not going to score the insane touchdowns again. One yeah. of those touchdowns too, wasn't it like on a weird, rushing. like, yeah, it was a it was weird, a rushing like, touchdown. Rushing I touchdown. believe yeah. you had
1: 13 touchdown catches, and then you had the, the right. rushing touchdown right, there right, too, right, right. Uh, which probably made a lot of uh, fantasy owners who had the Colts running back at the time salty, right? Yeah. Um, other tight ends that I like that you could probably get dirt cheap in, in your drafts. Now, clearly we're going to be talking about fame. we're going to be talking about Hawkins and we're going to be talking about Irv Smith we don't know where they're going to go and I don't know that they're going to be very valuable in redrafts it depends on where they land obviously uh, if they go to Green Bay if one of them goes to Green Bay you're behind Jimmy Graham at least at this point so that could be sort of a one year wait and wait, see. wait, wait. I've and, already cut him so uh, yeah, right, that's right Graham is off the <laughs> roster uh, it, it, so like if if one of these guys goes to say you know the Buffalo Bills who could you know use a tight end they, they signed Tyler Croft but okay whatever the Jaguars could use a tight end as well if one of these guys gets put in a position where they can see targets and opportunities right away, then uh, clearly they're going to be more valuable in redrafts. But some of the players that I have, uh, clearly you got to be looking at Vance McDonald, Mm -hmm. right? Because Pittsburgh's lost Le'Veon Bell. They've lost Antonio Brown or or, or traded him. So he's going to see potentially more opportunities. We saw some flashes from from Chris Herndon last season for the Jets, right? Uh, And and Sam Darnold has a, a full year under his belt now as an NFL starter, so that's big. And a couple of deep ones, you know, we're going to talk about Lacoste, but we'll see what the Patriots do. But what about Dallas Goddard? I mean, I get it. Like, there may not be enough targets to go around because they have so many weapons, but he showed some flashes in his rookie campaign.
2: Yeah, the only problem, that's the only problem is now they have Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffries, healthy, uh, Zach Hurts is a machine. Um, I think if we want to wrap it up on a really interesting conversation, David Njoku, he's always been kind of hyped up, and right now, like, there's just not enough opportunity for me to be super interested in drafting him, like, yeah. seventh, eighth round, where he's going. Um, once Baker Mayfield took over... Way too high. Yeah, w- once Baker Mayfield took over as the starter, Njoku averaged only 4.6 targets per game. Uh, now they've added Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's kind of good. Um, again, like, it comes down to, like, a pricing and efficiency right now. Like, running backs and receivers. By and large right now in ADP are priced very efficiently. But mm-hmm. I mean, these tight ends right now are it's 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 shaky. Because Ingram's I think Ingram's too low. I think
1: Iboni, I just can't I can't believe Njoku's going that high. Yeah. Like he's a double digit round tight end right now. Yeah. Honestly. Like why Njoku he finished he, as a top ten tight end last season, but the tight end position sucked. Right. It was Be- terrible. People are buying in on the hype of the Browns.
2: That's essentially what it comes down to is <laughs> I, I, I mean,
1: mean I get it, but like you have like Honestly, like let's let's look at their offense. Okay, who's the first option? We would Odell Beckham Jr. Who's the second option? Maybe it's Nick Chubb. Who's the third option? Maybe it's Jarvis Landry, and then Kareem Hunt will will eventually be on the roster too. I mean, and Jokic like the fourth option in that offense right now.
2: Yeah, his seventh, eighth round, eighth, seventh. Way too high. Eighth round pick. Way too high. Yeah, that that's what that was. I think kind of the flag I wanted to, to put on this is like. Not really entirely sure what people are expecting uh, right now. In terms of early early ADP, it's way too early to make any fair assumptions. But, yeah, Njoku is is going too
1: high. Dude, I am waiting on tight end. I'm waiting on quarterback. It's something I've always done. Uh, Unless I can get a Hunter Henry somewhere, like that's a steal or an R.J. Howard uh, or an Evan Ingram, I'm just going to wait. i'm I'm just going to wait on that position and i think it will get deeper uh with this incoming draft class obviously with the three guys we've mentioned it'll get younger and hopefully it'll get deeper and better from a fantasy perspective over the next couple of years so let's move on from the tight end position to my mock draft and i do these starting right after free agency every month leading up into the start of the regular season uh as we get deeper, I do ten rounds. Right now, I'm doing five rounds, and uh, that's going to be released on NFL.com shortly. So, I wanted to have Graham sort of like you're you're the professor, man. You're like the teacher. You're gonna you're gonna say, here's the gold star. I like this pick, or you're gonna hit me with a ruler and think, hey, you're, you're misbehaving with this one. I don't know where you're coming out. Now, my top five guys: Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, CMC, and Gurley. And this is a PPR league because is there any? Anybody playing standard anymore? Marcus is.
2: No. He would, he would come over here and have something. to No, say. he's not here.
1: Oh, PPR, PPR is standard now. I'll, be, I'll so, be the
2: ghost of Marcus.
1: That's yeah. That's right. That's my top. That's my top five. My first seven picks are running backs: Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell at six and seven, New Copkins at eight, Devontae Adams at nine, and then Julio Jones at ten. What say you, Graham?
2: Yeah, the the top six this year is so easy. I mean, you can. I mean, I do you can, think I have
1: Bell too low? I have him at seven. No.
2: That's that's exactly. I've seen I people
1: put him at three or four, and I think that's too high.
2: I've had I have Bell at seven okay. as well, and a, after Gordon, I have I don't have um, I I have Kamara now at two with with Ingram for sure out, but yep. obviously I mean you could make the case for Zeke even at one at this point. Yeah, dude. Um, the the more of the contentious point I think I have, if anything, in this first round is Julio at ten. I think I'm going to be much higher on Juju than. A, I, it would have seemed – I'm going to be higher on Juju. So, you, so, so Juju but I would have, in your
1: rankings will be
2: ahead of Julio Jones. He will be ahead of Julio. Wow. He will not be ahead of Michael Thomas, who you have going at two, uh, the, the first pick of the second round, who you'll get to in a second.
1: Juju as a first rounder for you?
2: Borderline. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, the Steelers are – No, I get it. I
1: get it, dude. I mean, he was – The
2: most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Brown is gone. Yep. Le'Veon Bell is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, unless they draft like Hakeem Butler or something in the first round, um, James Washington and Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, it's a fine, and, and Moncrief, that's a fine trio, but Juju is by far the best player of that trio. And with Moncrief in tow, they'll be able to move him into the slot, Juju into the slot more like he was in the past. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to go nuts this year. And hey, he, look, he's, I wouldn't be shocked. He's only 23. I know. I know he's a young, dude. I love him.
1: I love, on and off the field, I love him. Yeah. And I'd
2: I, love to see him succeed. I have it Hopkins, Adams, um, Michael Thomas. Oh, uh, then Juju. Juju at four. And okay. then o- OBJ uh, okay. at five or six, but keep going, please.
1: So, yeah. second round starts with Michael Thomas, and you're going to see this, guys. So, the first round is going to be a lot of running backs, a lot of running backs. Second round, you're going to see more wide receivers sprinkled in, and some of these wide receivers were first-round picks last year. But to me, because I'm a running backs struther, i got to go with the running back position because I, the revival is here, my friend. So, I've got Thomas, and I've got Joe Mixon who was 6th in touches last year running among running backs, 280, was tremendous. And I think the arrow is still pointing up for him. I mean, this dude's 22 years old. Uh, I've got James Conner at 13th overall, the third pick in the second round. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was one of the better runners in terms of yards after contact. Uh, he had 55 catches despite the fact that he missed three games last season. He is an all-around fantasy superstar, and he was so last season, putting up equal or better numbers than Le'Veon Bell did in uh, 2017 in his final year. I have OBJ next at number 14, so he's obviously a wide receiver one. Then I've got Antonio Brown. First time in a long time that AB's not in my first round, and um, maybe why he blocked me on Twitter, not sure, but I just don't I don't believe in him as much as I did with the Oakland Raiders uh, and Derek Carr throwing him the football. Now at sixty nine I have Tyreek Hill, and, and honestly, we know the stories out there that are going around. I don't know what the deal is. Nobody knows what the deal is yet. And until we get some more concrete reporting about right. what exactly happened and if there potentially could be uh, some some team or, or, or league uh, discipline, he is where he is for me. And, and then I've got Juju, which obviously you disagree with. Mm. Kelsey, the first tight end coming off the board uh, at 18. Nick Chubb at 19. Mike Evans at 20.
2: Yeah, Juju, I think – would slide up my board for sure, and I probably would take Beckham over Connor and Mixon. Okay. Um, I understand though. Obviously, both of those players are potential workhorses who so could score double-digit touchdowns. But mm-hmm. I just, I mean, OBJ, excuse me, OBJ with with Baker Mayfield is too too sexy for me to pass mm-hmm. up. Um, in that early second round range, this is. I mean, it's just loaded. The yeah. top thirty fabs. You can't is lose. so so. Loaded. So
1: the the one player that I that I sort of well, there was two at the end of the second round. So, Nick Chubb, when he was the featured back for the Browns last year, he was averaging right around 16.5 PPR points per game, and he wasn't catching a ton of passes out of the backfield. This guy's a monster, okay? He is an absolute beast. He was eighth in yards after contact among running backs. He's awesome. Do you think the second round is too high for Nick Chubb, considering no. Kareem Hunt will come back after nine games, assuming the Browns have a bye somewhere?
2: In there? No, and I'm going to pound this table. Okay. Um, we, we don't know where Kareem Hunt is at in terms of his like where he's coming back he's gonna have to he's gonna be suspended for half the year mm-hmm. um there's just so much that can change in nine weeks I'm just not hanging my hat on Kareem Hunt coming in and being an impact player year one coming off a suspension with a incredible offensive climate surrounded you know by amazing players including Nick Chubb Yep. Um, it's not going to concern me enough to take to not take Nick Chubb in the first uh first couple of rounds. I, I think if anything, you can protect yourself from the downside though, because I think you can make the argument for Connor and Mixon over Chubb just because they have right they Wh- have which locked I do in have roll, them they over have him. locked in roles yes but I still at the same time like the Browns that Browns offense could seriously be one of the three best in the NFL this yep. year and Nick mm-hmm. Chubb could score twelve touchdowns yep.
1: and, and Mike Evans I have closing out the second round uh, coming off a, a very solid season I believe he was third in yards. Among wide receivers and uh, Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphries no longer in the mix. And Bruce Arians. Somehow Mike Evans has gone from, from underrated to overrated to extremely underrated. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> I know. It's, it's ins-
2: he's had such a weird career arc. Yeah. He, he was underrated his first year and then he was overrated Huge after the second Huge bust in
1: year. the second year. And-, and then
2: he's gone back to being just incredibly underrated. And again, mm-hmm. we're, we're about to get to this third round here. But might the turn of receivers here. We haven't yes. talked about Mike Evans, or we just did. But yep. We haven't so, talked about Adam Thielen. We haven't yep. talked about Keenan Allen. We haven't talked about A.J. Crane. And all Cooper. these guys
1: are, are, are yeah. third-round picks. So moving into the third round, top of the third round, I have a David Johnson, and I want to get your thoughts on David Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Cliff Kingsbury comes in, okay? This is a pass-first coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is going to throw it. If he can throw it, and I, I'm excited if they draft Kyler Murray. I don't know where Josh Rosen would end up, but, I, boy, I'm telling you, if Murray goes to Arizona and ends up being the Week One starter, you are going to hear me screaming from the mountaintops. Get this guy on your fantasy team. Get him. Not going to cost you a lot. Get him. Yeah. Okay. Get him now. Kingsbury did not target his running backs a lot when he was uh, in college.
2: Yeah, that's actually he did, um, and that's by he did. Yeah, my biggest point. I thought he I, I his I wanted, his yeah the
1: most receptions that one of his running backs had, and I have to go back and look at this. Nah. I believe it was in like the like. Maybe like thirty or forty.
2: So they didn't have they didn't have any bulk producers. Okay. Um, They just had as a team. They were tenth among all uh, all college football teams last year. They were tenth among all. The running backs were tenth among all teams in receptions per Mm -hmm. game last year. Yep. Um, excuse me. Over the last three years in Kingsbury's uh, tenure, Um, Keegan Keegan Abdu, who works down in the research department over at NextGen Stats, Mm -hmm. he pulled some pretty cool context from uh, Sports Info Solutions dashboards. And said that Texas Tech targeted a running back out of the backfield on uh, about eight percent of plays on first downs last year. That was the sixth highest rate in the NFL. Or uh, excuse me, was, in college. In college, I always say that. But there, the
1: the most catches a running back right. had under Kingsbury was only 41.
2: Right. So they didn't have a bulk play, a single running back bulking up all those stats mm-hmm. but as a team they still targeted running backs pretty heavily interesting okay. this is a team too fabs like their offensive line sucks right like that's not mince that's words. why
1: i don't have him in the top 20
2: but you could take this on the back side is smart coaches which sorry mike mccoy you're not i mean obviously mike mccoy's not a smart coach right if you have a bad offensive line the number one thing i think teams should do more often and good teams do do this is they target their running backs on first and second down mm-hmm. out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. guess what david johnson can do yep yeah. I, I'm buying a DJ bounce back in a big way. So the big third way.
1: round is, is he a second rounder for you?
2: He's not a second rounder in a 10-team league because I would still have Chubb and Connor and Mixon ahead of him. Yep. Um, but he is a back end second rounder in a 12-team league for me, and I think if they do, if they do draft Kyler Murray, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of gangbusters. Mm-hmm. I think you could st- start even pushing him up even more. Yep. Um, the biggest hurdle I see though is like. I think you can make an argument for Travis Kelsey as a top fifteen pick this year, mm-hmm. and I could not draft DJ over Travis Kelsey at any point.
1: Yeah. Ever. No, I have Kelsey ahead of yeah. uh, ahead of DJ. Yeah, for sure. I have Kelsey at. But no, but 18. my my
2: point was, if they do draft Murray, I think that's his ceiling. I think that's I do, I could not go any further yep. drafting DJ any further mm-hmm. than, than that than around Kelsey.
1: So now we're we're, we're going to get into some of the wide receivers you mentioned, and this this is interesting to me. Now now we're doing ten team leagues because that's standard on NFL.com. But if you decide that you want to go running back, running back, you can easily still get a very good number one wide receiver uh, in the third round. Adam Thielen at 22, Keenan Allen at 23. Uh, I've got A.J. Green at 26, Amari Cooper at 27, Diggs at 28. Uh, there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position in that third round for fantasy owners. I've also got Dalvin Cook coming off the board. I mean, Latavius Murray is no longer there. No competition for carries, depending on what they do in the draft. We'll see. But he's risk reward. If he can stay healthy, Dalvin Cook could be an easy cinch top ten fantasy running back. I've got Zach Ertz coming off the board at number twenty five as the second tight end behind Kelsey.
2: Yeah, again, this is just the the top thirty, top forty is extremely, extremely loaded this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I think the interesting one though for me is Cooper versus Diggs. Um Yeah. That's that's really that's really where I, I'm wearing. I, I'm wearing a Cowboys T-shirt. I, I think. Right now. I think that'll be the the tough call because I've kind of reversed course on Cooper. Um, I'm. <laughs> we just went on this Mike Evans talk, but like, Cooper has gone from being overrated to I think somehow being underrated again now with Dallas, even though he just exploded. Based on my Twitter mentions, every time I talk about Amari Cooper positively, people don't like it. It's weird. Well, a lot
1: of Cowboy haters out yeah, there, I'm, man. I know that. He, he averaged. Almost nine targets and six catches a game when he went to Dallas last season. Yeah,
2: the ceiling is pretty pretty huge for him. So, uh, but Stefan Diggs has always been my guy. Like he every uh, dude, I've loved
1: piece. Diggs ever since he came out of school. Every yeah. time
2: on the yeah, every time he's on the field, he's just like a low end, just solid receiver one for for PPR.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going Diggs over Cooper. <sighs> Are you going Diggs over Thielen?
2: No, I can't go Diggs over Thielen. Okay. I think dig I think Thielen's role is just slightly, slightly better. He saw more targets and slightly more air yards. But Diggs is just, I mean, so explosive downfield. Yeah. Um Diggs versus Cooper. That that's a tough one.
1: Yeah. Final two picks in the round, and I want to get your thoughts on Leonard Fournette and then Philip Lindsay. I have mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom of the round. But Fournette, when he played last season, and it was sparingly because he was injured and you know he he got suspended for a game. I most most of the most of the time he was giving you a nice stat line uh and I had two or three twenty point performances in PPR leagues was getting the opportunities that he had gotten in his rookie season when he put up such good numbers. Is this a safe spot for fournette too high for you too low? He's risk reward like he's the same thing as Dalvin cook. he can end up being the top ten running back or he can end up missing eight games and driving you nuts.
2: Well, I don't like buying players without like clearly. Leonard Fournette has some sort of issue going on with his foot and ankle I do not like buying players at cost Uh when risk and basically you're, you're we're getting a discount on Leonard Fournette right now there his his injury concerns are priced in and when his in, when a player's injury concerns are priced in and we have upside, like Leonard Fournette's, <laughs> Leonard Fournette's average is like 24 or 25 touches per game with the Jags. Yep. He has double-digit touchdown appeal. Their offensive line will be healthy again because they fell apart last year. We're now getting a humongous discount on a player that last year we all viewed as an RB1. Mm-hmm. Um, that is always something I want to attack. I want to attack players that were formerly that we formally thought, because of the right reasons, we formally thought he was an RB1, and now he's being drafted as a mid-tier RB2. Yep. Those arbitrage situations where you can buy low on a player that we all loved just because, I mean, there are formidable injury concerns there. there mm-hmm. are, they're, they're formidable, and they're they're real. That said, I mean, this is a humongous discount on yeah. a player that we're expecting to be a workhorse for next yeah. year because the Jags, again, it's the same thing as Gurley. It's the sunk cost theory. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Leonard Fournette probably isn't what they expected. Todd Gurley's knee is probably not any better off than it, – it's not. it doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. These teams have so much invested in these backs, they've got to get them on the field and got to get yep. them touches and make this make sense. And Leonard Fournette is in the third year of his rookie deal. The Jags yep. just got Nick Foles. Their offensive line's healthy. Yep. Yeah, I'm back in on Fournette too.
1: So Fournette would it's maybe not, go even a little higher than this it sounds like you. It sounds like – I don't know.
2: I again I wouldn't take him over Diggs and Cooper. So it's it's okay. kind of like you right. you 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 have him in the right spot. It's just I I would. It's the same argument as DJ. It's kind of like once he gets to a certain point, I would be blocked out from taking him. Yep. But it is a humongous humongous discount.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving into round four, finally Patrick Mahomes comes off the board. I have him going at number thirty nine overall. Sorry, dudes. I get it. Coming off the greatest fantasy season of all time, he's going to go so much earlier in casual leagues. Don't care. Uh, Yeah, he's 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 going to go go first round. He may go first overall. I'm not doing it. I don't care. Quarterback is too deep. I've got Mark Ingram leading the round off, and I love the move to Baltimore. Featured back, run heavy offense, a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Love Ingram in Baltimore. Then I've got T. Y. Hilton, Sony Michelle, Damian Williams. Want to get your thoughts on him? Aaron Jones, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, and I move Julian Edelman up. So right now he's a fourth rounder for me, Uh, Mahomes. And then Cooper Cup, and I want to get your thoughts on Cup as well because people think I'm maybe a little too high on him coming off the ACL, but I don't care. I love this dude. So let's start off with Damian Williams at number 34 overall. Kansas City uh, gave him the reins to that backfield at the end of last season, and he was tremendous. The downside is sample size was small.
2: Sample size was small. They did get Carlos Hyde, but Hyde is yep. such an atrocious receiver. Yep. Um, uh, since he entered the league, Hyde is like dead last in yards per target, dead last in yards per reception among running backs. Uh, there was a year
1: that I think he had 59 catches. Yeah. But, I mean, he was targeted a ton out of the backfield. I mean, he was uh, he was the offense there for San Francisco. Yeah. He's, yeah.
2: Bottom, he's bottom five or bottom six in yards after, uh, yards after the catch, too, per reception in that mm-hmm. span. Damian Williams is a fantastic receiver he flashed yes. I mean he yes. flashed huge receiving yep. ability that was the biggest thing I thought the Chiefs would miss losing Kareem Hunt is mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt was a fantastic receiver and I, I was like you know Damian Williams can probably provide uh, most of what Kareem Hunt provides on the ground but he really really excelled as a receiver yep. um, again though it's Damian Williams uh, it's you're, Here's you're buying my... a player you're buying a player on a Very short sample
1: size. Exactly. No no, doubt. I know. So so, so here's, and you know what? I honestly think that Carlos Hyde, I wouldn't be surprised if Hyde ended up taking the job at some point, but he's not as good of a pass catcher. And Andy Reid likes his running backs to be versatile, right? So let's go back to Philadelphia. Hell, I'll go back to Deuce Staley, okay? I'll go back to Brian Westbrook, and we'll go back to Shady. And then let's take a look at what happened in Kansas City with Kareem Hunt before the Madness. That guy was a fantasy star. You put a running back in Andy Reid's offense, and that guy nine times out of ten is going to produce for you. Okay. Yep. With that being said, small sample size. Damian Williams has never really had to carry the full load uh, of a backfield as an NFL player, so there are some question marks. But I think the opportunities are there, and I'm also interested to see if the Chiefs go after a running back in the draft as well. That could drop Damian Williams' stock somewhat.
2: Right. I mean, the the thing I come back to with Williams though is okay. Let's say Hyde does take ten carries away from him. Right. Mm-hmm. If we still get Damian Williams with. Four, five, six targets per game, twelve, fifteen carries. That's he's going to be a solid yeah. RB two in no the offense, no doubt.
1: No uh, doubt. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones at number 35, and I've cooled on him a little bit. I loved him last year, but now we hear the talk about a potential committee with J- Jamal Williams, which I don't like. Um, what's your take on Aaron Jones?
2: Aaron Jones on a per carry basis has been one of the most He's efficient He's awesome. He's been one of the most efficient awesome. running backs yeah. in the NFL over the last couple of years. I find it hysterical that the Packers still keep talking themselves into Jamal Williams over Aaron and, Jones. And,
1: and it's not like it's McCarthy there anymore. It's like, you know, McCarthy's brain leaked into LaFleur, like, no, just yeah. give Aaron Jones the ball eighteen times a game.
2: I, I I always I always have kind of like a I don't know, my BS filter on when coaches start talking about running back by committees in like March and yeah in in, uh in april especially when they don't make any sense and aaron jones versus jamal williams does not make any sense Mm -hmm. aaron Rodgers has even come out and and vouched for aaron jones yep um i'm buying aaron jones low in dynasty Mm -hmm. um i think he still has like legitimate top 12 potential in this offense attached to aaron Rodgers. um that said we also can't discount the fact that the packers for whatever reason love playing jamal williams yeah
1: yeah, and Williams was good at the end of last season, but he is not the playmaker that Aaron Jones is. As I mentioned, I closed my fourth round with Cooper Cup, and that could increase, decrease depending on the news uh, with his with his torn ACL. He is expected to be back in time for training camp. I just remember I had Cup last season. He was, I mean, he's got eighty catch potential. He was on pace for twelve touchdowns. And, you know, I get it. I've got Robert Woods ahead of him, and I've got Brandon Cooks. I have, like, three Rams running backs in, like, seven picks.
2: I was going to say, you have the Rams receivers ranked correctly. Yeah. Because uh, I have it the same way. I have Woods, Cup, and Cooks, but they're, I mean, you it's barely negligible. I just,
1: I love Cooper Cup, man. Uh, I liked him, liked him coming out of college. I didn't think he was going to make that big of an impact as a rookie. Last year, started to show flashes, had a fight through the knee, eventually succumbed to the knee injury. Uh, if there's any setbacks... Clearly, he's going to move down, but I still have Cooper Cup as a top 40 pick. Moving on to round five, this is where we're going to get a lot of running backs, a lot of running backs. Uh, I start off the, the round with George Kittle. Uh, I believe that's right around where you're going to be taking him coming off of a, a historic season. I mean, he had the, the most receiving yards in a single season of any tight end in the National Football League. Had he not done that, Travis Kelsey would have broke the record uh, last season that I mentioned Brandon Cooks. Then I've got a run on running backs here, guys. I've got – and, and i am I'm really like to hear your, your opinion on where I have these guys ranked. Uh, I love on Johnson. Uh, once he sort of took over as the guy in Detroit, averaged 17 touches, 17 PPR points per game over his final five games before he went down with the injury. Devonta Freeman, I'm all over the pl- – like, I, I want to rank him higher, but I can't. I don't know why. I just can't. No more Tevin Coleman. Edo Smith is in the mix there. I have him coming off the board in the middle of the fifth round. Then I've got Chris Carson. I'm a little worried about Rashad Penny. Marlon Mack, who his value went up because the Colts didn't do anything at the running back position, and you wonder if they're going to draft the running back because they drafted two last year. So we'll see. James White, and he could move up. Like James White could end up going into the fourth round for me, depending on what the Patriots do or don't do for the rest of the offseason. Derrick Henry at number 48. Tariq Cohen at 49. 49. And also, we have to figure out what the deal is with the Jordan Howard situation because I right. I can't see them keeping him after they sign Mike Davis. And then Kenyon Drake, uh, the running back everyone loves to hate, who's really talented, but Caleb is there, and I don't know if they're going to give him the ball, you know, 18, 20 times a game. Right. He's uh, He closes out my, my, my top 50.
2: Yeah, the biggest one I want, I think we should spend some time on is Devonta Freeman. Okay. Um, last year he dealt with a knee injury, a foot injury and a groin injury, uh, landed on IR with that groin injury. Yep. Still only 27 years old. And we have seen, again, we have seen him be a back end RB one when he's fully healthy. Mm -hmm. It's the same conversation we just had about Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. We are getting a, a player at a discount off of injury. Um, but he's. At, I mean, people are like that injury discount is priced in. You're you're basically not assuming any risk. You're not assuming much more risk by drafting Leonard Fournette at the end of the third round. There's not much risk in drafting uh, Devonta Freeman. at the You think Freeman's of a February. fourth rounder?
1: You think you think I have him?
2: I think if we get a clean bill of health in yes, which May, I'm waiting for. Yes. May June again. He did just come off. I mean, knee, foot, and groin injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, 27 years old. No Tevin Coleman. Um. I think although you do
1: hear them talking about Edo Smith kind of coming in and getting and his share.
2: I mean, yeah, Edo Smith will get his touches. Devontae yep. Vareem is not a workhorse. He's not no. going to play 80, 90% of the snaps fabs like like Bell yep. does. Yep. But yeah. I, I think if he's I, I think if he's right, I could take him over um pretty much everyone you have in front of him except Man, I would put him as high as like the early, early into the fourth round. Like I could, I okay. would draft. Devant, I would draft. Devant so Devant
1: over Ingram, over, over Sony Michelle. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say I would draft Devonta Freeman over Mark Ingram, T. Y. Hilton, and Sony Michelle if we knew Devonta Freeman was healthy.
1: Seems like so long ago that Freeman was the uh, number one running back in fantasy football. That was the craziest year ever because everyone got hurt. Everyone died. 2015, all the running backs died. That this year. was the, this was the top ten guys. Freeman, Lamar Miller, Doug Martin, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, Chris Ivory, who just got cut by the Bills. Chris Ivory was a top ten record. Gore for the Jets. For the Jets. Uh and uh Shady McCoy. It's it's it was ridiculous. And then wow. David Johnson came in. That was that was when David Johnson started to see that rise in value and then right, yeah, the following yeah. year, that was uh, the
2: year DJ he went off. Right. DJ was not a starting player yep. until uh, the final few few games. Holy
1: You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris Ivory was the RB11 that year. Yeah, dude. That's insane. Right? Yep, huh. it, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy, man. He, he was up there. Dude. He, was, he was very good. Uh, we have come uh, a long, when,
2: long way.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, I close it out with Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake was a guy that I didn't like last year because I knew, and I think a lot of us did, that Frank Gore was going to take touches. Yes. No matter what you talk about with his age, he's not – He's not your typical 34, 35-year-old running back, which he was last season. Now he's going to be uh, coming into that. Boy, that's that's an old backfield with McCoy and Gore, and I'm, I'm afraid of McCoy's value, uh, and I was before they signed Frank Gore. But Kenyon Drake, he's the best offensive weapon they have in Miami right now. Am I am I wrong?
2: Well, the Miami Miami's a super, super interesting case study right now because it does seem like they're actually doing the right thing and tearing this thing, tearing it down, and kind of mm-hmm. rebuilding and <laughs> playing for Tua next year. Yeah um yeah I would be very surprised if Miami invests again heavily into their backfield this offseason considering, considering they're rebuilding considering there's now trying to sit I mean they have like literally over 100 million dollars in cash um secured for 2020 um I will be very surprised if they spend one of their top picks on a running back that no, said, me too me too that said they're gonna roll into this year with Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage and both of them are going to be cheap yeah, they're going to be cheap Yep, rel- I, relative to their
1: upside. I mean, and, and you may you may end up seeing a scenario where Balaj is the better value based on where he's going to be projected to go. than than Kenyon Drake right now, I have him going in the fifth round. And, you know, Drake was what? RB 14 in PPR leagues last season. It so wasn't terrible. The problem is he was like all or nothing. Yeah, he was all or nothing. And if they gave him a bigger workload, my God, he would be he would be a top 10 running back. No question about it. Um, but that didn't happen. So, again, you're going to be able to check that out, NFL.com slash Michael Fabiano. That will be out later on today. So before we let you go, I just want to give my best wishes to Michael Irvin, uh, wearing his T-shirt here today. Um, He's undergone uh, throat cancer testing, and uh, I believe he lost his father to throat cancer as well. So, Irv, uh, we love you, my man, and uh, we're rooting for you and um, praying for you and and hope everything uh, goes well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, cancer's no joke.
1: Yeah, no joke. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week. I believe Marcus may or may not be back. Marcus, we love you. Uh, best of luck with everything with, with the uh, with the baby. Which maybe uh, you know at this point when you're listening, little little uh, little Marcus will be here. Yeah, hopefully yeah, that'll be it. We'll see. All right, guys. So uh, check us out next week, NFL Fantasy Live, and make sure you go online and uh, review us. You know, tell us what you think, good, bad, indifferent. Hope you all have a great week. We'll see you next week.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.